Sometimes we meet people in a location that we don't expect to see them. Last uh, October, Emily and I, uh, along with the children, uh, went on holiday with my parents in Cumbria. And while we were there, we repeatedly bumped into one of my dad's friends. He was there too on his family. Well, you might think Cumbria isn't really that far away from where my parents live. So that might have been expected. But a few years earlier, my dad's friend Jim, on one of his previous holidays, which had been a cruise, met Emmeline's parents. They'd never met before. They've never met since. That's not saying anything. But they happened to encounter each other, and Jim was able to reveal that he had been one of my school teachers. I was not his star pupil. <laughs> my sister was. Co coincidences happen. People meet people from faraway places, and they find that they have something in common. People meet people within their family sometimes when they're not expecting to. Coincidences happen. But there's nothing coincidental about what's happening in today's Exodus passage. It's not pure chance that Jethro and his family meet Moses. Sometime earlier, Moses had sent his wife and children home to his father-in-law, Jethro. And it's unclear exactly when that happened. We kind of mentioned it in an evening service a few weeks ago, that it was possibly about the time that... Moses and his brother Aaron were reacquainted and when they were journeying back to Egypt. But it's not explicitly stated what's going on. His wife had been with him heading for Egypt and then she kind of vanishes from the story. And here she is again, coming back in. It was probably that she was sent home because of a fear of danger, to put her into a place of safety, to protect her from anything that the Pharaoh might do. But all fear has passed. There is no more any risk that might come that way. And so it would seem that it's the right time for the family to be together. There's no message sent to Jethro to say it's the time, but Jethro sends a message saying, I'm coming. 
he seems to know it's the time. He knows it's the time to meet up with God's people and to encounter God. There's a bit more to this family meeting up again than simply them getting back together. Or the story might have stayed with uh, Zipporah or with the boys or maybe just dropped it. But instead, we hear a continuing story of Jethro. the father-in-law. Indeed, this relationship gets mentioned over and over again. In the passage that we read, it's mentioned about five times, father-in-law. If we'd started a few verses earlier, if we'd started at the start of the chapter, we'd see seven times across the 12 verses. And it continues if we go beyond two father-in-law gets repeated. Now, I get on well with my father-in-law, but I don't talk about him continually. And I would more normally use his name once I've introduced him to you. So there must be a reason that they carry on. we are used to the biblical principle of passing on the story to the next generation, of ensuring that the children, gone out to Lighthouse, are be able to learn more of God. That we do things in church that engages them because we want them to learn the story and for them to relate. But the story of Jethro turns that and expands it. Jethro is a father. He's not of Moses' generation. He's of the generation before that. And so we might get a hint that the duty to tell the story is not just to the child, but is sometimes to the parent. In the Alpha video, we heard of the boy's reluctance for the mum to go along at first. Oh, this is my thing. Why do you have to come? But then he realised that the story was for more than just him. And actually, it strengthened the relationship with his mum as they both attended. Jethro is an older man. The story is not just for the young, but for the older people too. And he's not Moses' father, but is the father-in-law. He's outside of the bloodline of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's not of the Israelites, He's of a different faith. He's a Midianite priest. 
He's a Midianite prince. He's someone who has a special role in a different society. He's rich. He's wealthy. He's not been a slave. But the story is for him. The story is for all, for all people. It's for the older Gentile man as well as the younger Israelite child. The story of God's hope and salvation is for people young and old, Jew and Gentile, slave and free and even the prince. It's for male and female. The story is for all. And as a prince, as well as a priest, he's somebody of stature in his society. And when he goes back, back to his people, he will be able to take the story with him. He's someone who was brought up to worship gods. But those false gods, their thrones must fall, as we've sung. He's come and he's learning about the true God, the God that parted the sea, the God that led the people out, the God who loves everyone. And so he comes to meet Moses and return the family. And he returns them near Mount Horeb, where the fiery, cloudy pillar has led. He comes near the mountain where Moses had seen the burning bush. He comes to the mountain where the law is about to be handed down. He comes because he wants to meet God and to declare that God is great. And as he spends time with Moses, he learns more and more of God. Do people spending time with us in a family setting learn more and more of God? What do we reflect into our families? What do we share in our homes? Or do we keep our church here in this building? Or are we church when we go out too? In the tent, a meal is shared and stories are told, a bit like Alpha. And something happens. The man who's heard stories of God wants to worship God even more, the true God. And so he brings sacrifice. He'd been the priest of the false God, but God gives chances to change what we've done wrong. Jethro had not been a prisoner in Egypt. He'd not been a slave. But the story of what God does 
is for everyone. The fact that God wants to take people from their injustice and set them free is a story that even those who are not being treated unfairly can relate to. Those who feel themselves rich and powerful. And so, he is free to live a new life. Not that his old life would seem bad to the society that he used to live in, the wealthy prince, the faithful one, but he is free to live a new life that truly reflects God, the true God, the one he can come before. On this day, Palm Sunday, we remember that God comes to save. We've thought earlier of the triumphant entry. Jesus riding into Jerusalem on horseback, or rather, on this beast. Small, gentle, maybe a little bit stubborn at times, And the people shout to cheer. They cheer because they know God changes lives. They cheer Hosanna, which means save us. They recognize that Jesus was bringing the salvation of God. And had the people not cried out, the stones would have. The Israelites had not gone to Jethro and said, this is the story. But people had heard. Not stones crying out, but the whole community of the Middle East were starting to tell the story of how God saves of how God had done something to the Egyptians. And Jethro had heard that. That's how he knew it was the time to come, the time to journey to the place where God's people would be. Because the story was being told, just as if it had been the rocks. Even the Midianites were telling the story. And so he begins his new journey of faith. But we shouldn't be waiting for those people that are not of faith and reliant on them to tell the story. We shouldn't be reliant on the stones to sing. It's for us to tell the story onwards. It's for us to offer who we are to our family and to our friends. It's for us 
to share the news that we have a God who saves us. It's for us to say, I know you're upset about something. Why not just pray with me? We might tell people at times that we're praying for them. Why don't we pray for them at that time that we're stood next to them? It's time to say, come, share a meal. Ask a question. Learn something new. For we have a God who feed his people. We have a God who loves us. We have a God who sent his son for us. A God full of mercy and grace. We have God who is great. Let's not keep it to ourselves, but sing the story loudly. Amen.